Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 34, and I'm joined by returning guest Paul Sun-Young Lee, and we sat down to watch a film together. All right, we are watching Point Break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Jeremy. I have seen this movie, but a long time ago. Okay. I'm Paul. And uh, I've only seen bits of this movie in other movies. If oh, you can right. believe that. Yes, that, you that, know? that makes... Oh, just because they watch it on TV? They're watching they... it on TV or they're referencing it exactly like in uh, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, yeah. Hot Fuzz right. references it a lot. There's that. And they're actually watching a clip of it. And uh, so I know just through pop culture, it's, it's one of these movies that you know enough people have seen it so many times and have quoted it to you so many times that you feel like you've seen it is over the years. Right. Even though it's like, you you know, I, I've never, yeah. Because back in the day, I mean, this movie was from 1991. I think that's right. Wasn't a huge Swayze fan. Wasn't a huge sort of Keanu Reeves fan. It was that whole, like, you broke out in speed and then all of a sudden it was just like... And it's a weird combination of those two. My, my, my wife was asking, what are you guys watching tonight? I told her, she's like, what's that? I told her the cash. She's like, I have no interest in that. <laughs> like, which is... Fair, I guess. Yeah. Um, what made you pick it then? You know, I was... I, I've just been... I feel like I... The, the black holes list that you have, it's so almost scholarly. There's a cinematic yeah. history to it where you just feel like, you know, the people, Citizen Kane, Broadcast News, all these great iconic movies. And then... There's there isn't the 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 sort of the popcorn silly, flicks. yeah the popcorn flicks. and I was gonna say I think this is well we did meatballs okay um, but I do think this is probably one of our first like real popcorn flicks yeah which I was so when you did mention I was like yeah like well of course we could do that <laughs> I'm up for doing for those listening I'm up for doing any kind of movie yeah on this thing I think the the bare minimum is it should be at least five years old. Oh, yeah. To qualify as a, as a movie you missed the first time around. Yeah, yeah. And something like this, I mean, I think it's fair game if, especially if a movie is quoted in another movie. Oh, absolutely. Or it's, you know, or it's been remade recently. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I know. I saw, I actually saw bits of the remake and I thought, this is awful. Uh, I had no interest in the remake. Yeah, it was on TV, flipping yeah. through TMN. So I, I, sure, I rented this when I was 12 or 13. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that math works out. I would have been 10 when it was released theatrically so by the time it hit rental stores I was probably because I was back in the day when it took a year for things to go on VHS right. Right. so yeah I was probably 12 or 13 when I saw it wow uh, and all I remember is probably this stuff you know which is like the president bank masks that's right, uh, that's right. I think I remember surfing yep and skydiving yeah these are the things I remember these are the extreme sport enthusiasts before extreme sports was really mainstream yeah you know and of course, at the time, had no idea who Catherine Bigelow was. Well, nobody did. I mean, what, what did she do before? She did no. She did uh, Strange Days. Yeah. Was that after this or before this? I believe it was before, but before we can this. look that up. Well, uh, we'll look. Yeah, we'll, to we'll, the internet. To the internet, because you know, why think when you have something to do it for you? Uh. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have. Uh, so I. I have. Ver- I think I liked it. 
Right. But I'm, I'm really excited to rewatch it because it's one of those movies that I don't have... I didn't... It's not one of those movies I grew up and rewatched and rewatched and have kind of uh, memorized somehow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, uh, yeah. Strange Days came after Point Break. Jesus. Yeah, it's the one that I was thinking of beforehand, actually, which I had seen, which was fantastic, was Near Dark in 1987. Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, all the, the gang... From basically aliens, all of those guys came back and did. they they did uh, a vampire movie where it was a vampire family. No, I haven't seen it. I thought oh I'd seen God. it, but I haven't it's seen brilliant. It. It's brilliant. Okay, they they it's this vampire family and they they're like nomads and they go around and they basically one of the guys um, uh, one of the characters falls in love with one of their quote unquote victims and you know the, the whole family dynamic gets thrown out and there it's like this big testosterone fueled like Bigelow's great at that yeah you know just she she sets up action sequences um in, in a way that it's re- they're dynamic but they're easier to follow the, and there's a real sense of stake and attention yeah the, op- that opening scene of Hurt Locker right. is one of the best directed sequences of like the last decade right you know you've seen it I've seen I have it, right? I have yeah. I have uh, I haven't seen um Zero Dark Thirty Zero Dark Thirty yet but I have it Okay. It's on my shelf, but I have not seen it. How many movies do you have that are still in the original wrapping that you haven't opened? I take them out of the wrapping. Oh, right. Really? I always take them out of the wrapping. It's kind of my nerdy (laughs) ritual whenever I get them, especially if I order in bulk, which I tend to do. So you open them all, you look at the discs? Yeah. Or I'll look at the... Or I'll flip through. If there are criterions, I'll flip through the books. Right. Uh, And I'm about to. I just cataloged all... Because I still have a bunch of VHS on my shelf. Oh, okay. I went through last year and I got rid of all the ones... Then I'm like, I'm never going to rewatch these movies, right. probably. And it's probably not a movie I need my kids to see. The Great uh, Call of 2017. The Great Call. And I got rid of like 150 VHS tapes. Wow. Uh, and then kept a bunch. But what I've done now is I've gone through and I've, I've made a list on my phone. Okay. So when I go to used places like Beat Goes On or something like that, I can start looking for... To replace them and wow. upgrade them. Okay. Because I don't really have a good setup in here to watch VHS. I could plug it into the projector, but it's not going to look good. Right. Well, VHS in a few years, it's just going to be static anyways because it's a magnetic medium, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm slowly upgrading my, my old... The VHSs yeah. I still haven't had yet to Blu-ray and to... Uh, right. But uh, Stuff that I wish I'd hung on to, though, I had a limit... It was a geek tax, but they'd release the original trilogy of Star Wars uncut. This was before the special editions. Yes. Yeah. And it was oh, those VHSs. Yeah, VHSs. We have those. Yeah, though. beautiful and that sleeve. Yeah, we have those at our farm. Wow, uh, they're my brother-in-law's. Those are hard because they they never re-release those, right? Yeah. And, and so to have that original source material is kind of nice. I still have the, the VHSs I didn't get rid of, even though I've upgraded right. them to Blu-ray. Or I have the Indiana Jones and the Star Wars VHS still because my son won't let me get rid of them. That's awesome. Yeah. It's an heirloom. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you can't get rid of that. Like, We're never going to watch it. He's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It looks good on the shelf. There you go. Oh, my God. He's so, doing it right. There you go. Yeah. I'm raising my nerd right. Uh, all right. So let's just dive in. Yeah. Point break. Point break. Cool. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay. We just finished. <laughs> <laughs> You can't get down yourself. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I certainly don't feel like I've missed out on anything. <laughs> now, uh, wow. When, when's the last time? Okay, we, we were talking about this and then we, we stopped because we got to save it for this 
for this right you're now. You're asking the last, the last time last, I saw it yeah, was the first time I saw it. Was the first time you saw it, you were like 12 years I had to have been like, yeah, early teens. What, what was your, what, when you were a teenager, early teen, what was your reaction to the film? I, th- I don't remember. I think it was probably just my, oh, I probably thought that the, uh, the same, same thing, I, actually, I probably thought as I was watching this time going, hey, that skydiving and serving stuff is pretty fucking well done. Right. You know, I don't know if that's the second unit doing that. <laughs> Or Bigelow's You were thinking that? I was a teen, really. No, 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 I don't think... <laughs> I don't think I was thinking about that. But I was probably thinking, it's like, oh, that movie... And I think that's why that movie maybe had any attention at all, because those sequences were probably pretty... Right. So, they, like, it basically uh, set... Big, big set action pieces surrounded yeah. by a, a very, very thin storyline. Um, yeah. Wow. Like a very bad Infernal yeah. Affairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it holds up? Oh, I don't think it was good when it came out. Like, it's kind of a, a punchline, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing, because it, it felt like, to me, having never seen it before, um, I was actually kind of amazed at the reverence that some people that I know, who remain nameless, uh, they, they speak of this movie. Oh, sometimes. you should name them. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it's funny, because it, what, that it really was one of these... A movie that felt like one of the last gasps of the, the really bad, over-the-top 80s action movies that I sort of cut my teeth on. The Schwarzenegger movies, the, the Stallone yeah, movies. Yeah, because this, this comes out right on the heels of the 80s. So yeah. It's, like, it would have been made probably in the late 80s by the time it hit theaters in yeah. 91. Or it was developed anyway during that period. Yeah. Because this felt like a, a serious version of Tango and Cash. Yeah. That's the... I think... Like, and, you know, and I haven't seen the remake... Okay, and I think that that is its flaw. It's like how serious it takes it. Yeah. Where, like, when you're combining bank robbery <laughs> with surfing and skydiving, it's like that's not a recipe for a serious film. No, no, it was like um, it, it kind of felt like a really, really sort of uh, a West Coast James Bond movie. West Coast James Bond, you know, is, it's just like that's giving it a lot. That's well, I mean, because that's the thing. It's just these big set action like yeah. sequences. Basically, right? Because in every Bond movie, they've got the opening sequence, which is there's a big sort of action sequence, um, something crazy and exhilarating, like you know, uh, the spy who loved me when they're going, he's downhill skiing, and they're chasing. No, that's him on the, the Majesty ski, Secret Service. Uh, no, I think the spy who loved me too. He, he, he's being chased, that. and that's he kills the, the enemy agent who ends up being like the the lover of the, right, the right, Russian right. agent he has to work with. But stuff like that, these big set pieces. Um, that's fair, and I, I and I got and. This is not to shit on Keanu Reeves. Um, because, you know, the man does well for himself. Oh, We can argue he's doing fine. This was not some of his best work, though. No, but I also wonder if this is a point in time where he's hot off of a few things. You know, it's pre-Speed. Just barely. Yeah. I think, so Speed right? Speed was 1994. Yeah, so Speed's after this. Yes. Uh, and I, w- I want to rewatch Speed because I loved Speed as a kid. Right, I right. Speed was a great movie. Yeah. Maybe it's not great now. Right. But- uh, but so this is pre-speed. So I want, I wonder how much he was her choice for casting oh, or sure. how much she was, it was like, you're getting, you're taking count of. Right. This is like a studio deal and he's, he's signed on for this. Part of it, yeah. Because here's the thing. Gary Busey's pretty good in it. Yeah. You know, Swayze's good for what he's doing. Right. Laurie Petty is great in this movie. And, and what, what I love about Laurie Petty in this movie is, and I think it speaks to Bigelow, 
Because I think a dude in the early 90s casting this movie is not casting Lori Petty. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, you're right. And But she's the perfect choice for this because yeah. she looks like a surfer girl. She's in athletic shape. I wonder if she actually could surf and that's why they cast her. Okay. Um, if that wasn't part of her skill set. But she's great in the movie. She's not a manic pixie dream girl. No. You know? she She's dealing with what she's been given to work with. But, you know, you buy their chemistry because of her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe the, the the last bit is a bit of a fail with her running in her lingerie towards him. <laughs> you know? Well, because the second to last time you see her, she's like half naked as well, running away from him. Yeah, shooting right? at him. Because he betrayed, because he lied to her. Yeah, douchebaggery to the extreme because, yeah, he lies to her about his dead parents. parents. Yeah. He exploited her dead parent thing. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he did it as a cop and not as a romantic interest, but he still ended up. You, we all knew where it was going. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, and that's why it felt so derivative. It was just sort of like you could just... It was telegraphed from a mile away. All this stuff that you see, you know, was going to come back. And there's nothing subtle about this movie. I think... And nor, not, not that I was expecting it, but it, it just seemed... You know, there were extreme stunts, and it was like an extreme storyline. Everything's or, extreme. The moment know. his sub- <laughs> subordinate meets oh him, God. he's already on his ass. Yeah. For no reason other than he's a hotshot kid. He yeah. shoots well. Maybe yeah. in the rain, but uh, yeah, which was another odd opening sequence. But well, uh, it's just a it's, it's it's just a parallel the ending and John C. McGinley though, as well. Like in every, it felt like a McBain movie, right? What was he, the line? He says, "You're dumb, young, dumb, and full of cum." That's was right. That the, that's that's the, the exact line. Amazing. That is the exact line. But like he was like John C. McGinley, McGinley uh, who is a fantastic actor when he's given the right material. In, in this case, was just all he did was scream. That's literally all he did, yeah. Yeah. And it, it felt like, okay, McBain. Like, I, I kept expecting him to just start into that. Well, know? that's where that comes from, and stuff like yeah. this, right? Well, and that's the thing, but you would think, you know, with The Simpsons, you go, well, that's, that's satire, that's parody, so it's way over the top. I don't think it is anymore now. After having watched those scenes, you look and you kind of go, well, they just basically copied it. They didn't have to go any... Any further above or beyond, it was just those scenes where he's yelling at Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey. Yeah. Did you ever see Sorry Married Next Murderer? Yes. Alan Arkin's yes. Like, chief is a mate when he's trying to be the bad cop. <laughs> and Amazing. he can't do it. Yeah, he can't do it. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's, I wonder if that movie holds up. I love that movie as a kid, too. Yeah. Um, oh, what else? But the... No, there's so little of this movie that makes any sense. Also... <laughs> Like, none of the stuff that he accomplishes, they're all dumb luck. Yeah. Every single piece, it's just he just happens to almost drown and Lori Petty saves him. And she just happens to know... <laughs> this guy, Bowie. Those other guys. That's right. So everything is just random luck. He doesn't earn a fucking thing. <laughs> unless I'm wrong. Unless I'm, I'm, I miss something. Well, you know, and, and, and it's, it's sometimes I go, well, maybe... Maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe I'm my my level of expectation is way too high for this movie. But again, it's a black hole for me. Yeah, I've seen it. I've heard it referenced a bunch of times. I, I know Edgar Wright clearly holds it in high regard. Exactly. Um, but I mean, is it along? I mean, it's one of these things where, like a like a Bad Boys two or a Bad Boys movie, right? Where you have these huge action pieces, over the top, beautiful to look at, just gorgeously shot, really adrenaline pumping. But the stuff in between, the like the connective tissue is really, really weak, 
at best. And when they try to be comedic with it, it it's just sort of really cheesy um, or it, it's just over the top. And it, it's just it's it's a bit of a it's a mess. It's it's an action film version of pornography where it's just like a bunch of sex scenes with yeah. some filler in between to get you from one to the other. That's that's pretty much it. That's how you it know? <laughs> But it's like, so do you view it that way and go, well, it's okay. We don't expect the scenes between to be very good because all we want is those big... Yeah, I would, except scenes. the way the actors sort of approached those scenes were... I mean, it was so, so earnest. So intense. So earnest, too, right? Like, it was just that whole... Was that scene with uh, Gary Busey and Keanu Reeves near the beginning. the beginning. When he's yelling at him, are you mad? Yeah, I'm mad! It was so... How do feel? And wooden and just so forced. And But they were... They was like, you could just see the little light in the background going, Oscar moment, Oscar moment, Oscar moment. Oh. In their heads, right? In their own heads, sort of going... Yeah. And it's it just... You look at that and you go, okay, well, the writing's not too bad. But the, I mean, and you got to figure that was probably the best take. Well, that's, I, 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 and again, I say, I feel bad saying this kind of stuff, but it's like, I said, I, I just can't imagine, you know, Bigelow sitting behind the monitor going, yeah, we're ready to move on now. <laughs> we got it. You know, right. I think it's just, I think he was, he became, he came part of the, part of the package. It was like, yeah. you get, whether I can't, I didn't look it up, but she'd written it or she was part of that. To the internet. To the internet. Uh, or if it just came as a package deal. I don't know. I mean, and to be fair, too, like, he wasn't terrible for the whole... Like, there were certain scenes that it was just really bad. No, they're bad. playing they're... into her surfer quality. Yeah. Like, he was cast to play the undercover part. Yeah. Not necessarily the FBI agent. He's good at that. Well, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when he, when he broke into that surfer dude talk to get the hair sample from that guy, and I turned to him and said, that's the most natural he sounded this entire movie so far. Also, right. super illegal to do what they're doing as cops. <laughs> Just going around and stealing hair from people. It's awesome. Um, and you can only... Okay, the writers of this, Rick King and uh, W. Peter Liff? So not Bigelow. No. Although no. she's not known as a writer, is she? Um, no. No, because a lot of her, her partner is... Um, was James Cameron. At that's the time. right. I think and, he was uh, an EP on the movie, so he probably helped... In some way. Right. Um, but I think as well, like lately it was uh, Mark Bowell, I think she's been working with. Mark Bowell. Yeah. Uh, for Hurt Locker and for Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Like that's been her collaborator for, for those. Um, so let's talk about the good stuff in the movie. Yeah. Because the set pieces are pretty great. Yeah. Like that, that surfing stuff. Like I said, there was a filmmaker, so they were watching going, how are you getting that stuff? Are you in a boat? Right. Are you and when they're skydiving, that's clearly Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves right. doing, in the, in doing it. Yeah, it's interesting though because the the sequences, I mean, they're gorgeous to look at, but there's a little part of me thinking that they're falling for an awful long time. Like that is, oh. and especially since Keanu Reeves has never jumped before, and they just sort of throw a throw a parachute on his back, and yeah. they just throw him out the plane. He knows how to control himself, but they're falling for it felt like five whole minutes. Um, and that's a long fall. That's a long... I mean, usually free fall isn't from, from when I... Because you're falling. I've right? never like, skydived. It so. looks like you're floating, but apparently, like, you're plummeting at the... You know, there's a formula for it, like yeah. 9.87 meters per, per second squared. So, the actual free fall time is maybe 30 seconds or something at, at whatever height that they, they jumped at, especially without oxygen masks, right? Yeah. So, you know they did multiple jumps to sure. grab all that stuff. Um, Have you ever jumped? Oh, hell no. I jump yeah, on a perfectly I, good plane? Forget it. Yeah, they have that line in the movie, yeah, too. That's exactly yeah. it. And that's, that's, I've known that line since, well, I, I didn't see this movie, but I, I've known yeah, that yeah, line yeah. forever. No, I have no interest in jumping uh, out of a plane. 
No. Not unless they have to. Like, if it's going down. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to try one of those simulators they have now. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the, oh, the iFly thing where you yeah. jump and the fan blows you up. Yeah, I'm down yeah. with that. You get a fly and... Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's enough for me. Well, because if it shuts off, you're only falling, like, maybe four feet. Yeah, I can handle that. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, they were, you know, but I have to be honest. Like, that end, the end as well, where he's in Australia. Yeah. And they're waiting. I fell asleep for a couple of... For, oh, you're like, out. Like, that big fight where they're fighting in the surf, I dozed off. We can replay it. Can we? <laughs> can we? We can. Because I, I somehow don't think I really missed that much. Well, we'll circle back and right. we'll replay it for you. Because I knew he was going to let him go. Yeah. Right? And then I knew he was going to wipe out and get killed but with, you know, by the biggest wave, you know, of, of uh, in the last 50 years type thing. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the, the beauty. They both kind of lose. Oh, yeah. End, but they both kind of win, like... But I'm surprised they let... They let... I mean, again, this is a logic bomb that just sort of goes off in my head. Like, a lot of things. They, they let Keanu Reeves still be an FBI agent and chase this guy all over the world. Well, I guess the... Yeah, well, the question becomes, do they... Uh, they use him to get to the other guy. It's like... You know, they said, let me go to the beach. Right. I, I can get... I can cuff him. I can whatever... And so it's, it's it's a botched robbery attempt. Uh, undercover cop gets killed. Security guard gets killed, uh, and then your partner knocks out the super. Your you know his boss takes you off, lets you go. In the process, kills another two guys, gets himself shot. But you're okay. We'll let you track this guy down and give you whatever resources that are available to us, so you can go to like at one point he was in Sumatra. He said he mentioned Fiji. Just, yeah, Fiji. So they're letting him go basically everywhere to get this one guy. Yeah, in the world of surfer, right. skydive, bank robbing. Yeah, I buy that. Okay, this is this is the obviously pre-terrorism days. Oh, there's so yeah. many logic flaws. Like the whole when he they go after the the drug dealer guys in the in that shit house. Yeah. And it's like, where that? What was the reason they got the warrant? They didn't really specify. No. Just that they had passed previous charges. Yeah. And uh, the other, yeah, probable cause, I think it would be then, a very tenuous probable cause. But the, the, the fact that they're, if they're going to serve warrant and they're going to put a raid on, a, on four highly professional bank robbers who are well-armed that they know, and they only have, like, what, two stooges in the back, and then they have carries on the side. And Gary pretending to find his dog. Exactly. With so there's, and, and the, you know, that's, that's, we're going in. This, this is how we do it, guys. So we're going to take down this highly dangerous group of bank robbers that we've been chasing for three years. We're just going to send in the B squad and a couple of, uh, a new guy and the old crazy guy. They get them. Like little logic things like that. Or even when they know, when, when they stake out that, the bank and Keanu Reeves chases them down, he's screaming, federal agent, federal agent. And they're all looking at him. They can see him. And if he knows who they are because he followed them. Mm-hmm. Then when they show up at his house and they go, we're going to, you know, get, grab yourself, we're going to go. Like, oh, that part is the, that, the... That's what killed me. Like, it's because it's like they know you're 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 an FBI guy because you screamed it at them and chased and shot them at them. And that's the thing you should know that they know. But they're all kind of pretending that they don't know that like there's yeah, that to what of, end. So they could go skydiving and bond even more. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I do love the moment. I love the moment. Yeah, the logic of it makes no sense. Keanu Reeves know that they know. They know that he knows that they know. Yeah. So under what circumstances is he going along with it? They budgeted for a big skydiving sequence. Well, other, <laughs> oh, they painted themselves into a story corner they couldn't get out of. 
You know, I don't know. Like, I, I think there's a way out. Well, it's just got to be more elegant out of it than that. Yeah, I mean, I like the plan from Patrick Swayze's point of view. The idea that it's like, because you, and they don't really milk this. Like, Bigelow doesn't milk this in the sequence the way that you would kind of hope they do. Where, because the idea, I mean, we just left the previous scene was him saying to the guys, I know what to do with this guy. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then they're going up in a plane, and they even play that game where it's like, you know what, take my backpack. Right. And they shuffle them around to yeah. the point where he gets the one he was originally supposed to have. Right. Uh, and so you're led to believe that they fucked with his backpack, they're, he's not going to survive this jump. Right. But they never play that drama up once he's... Uh, join the circle yeah. and in the thrice. So, but that's but it's so convoluted though. Because if they wanted to kill him, they could have just killed him like when they showed up at his house. Yeah, if there's so many different points where if they wanted to kill him, they totally could have, right? I mean, and and that's the thing. So all these red herrings kind of bothered me after a certain point because it was just like, so what's the end game here? Oh, they're going skydiving, and it is a gorgeous sequence. But I mean, it, that's what it, that's why I'm saying like. The, well, the, he the connective needed, tissue felt weak, but they, he didn't want to kill him because he needed him to get to get away. He didn't though. No, he did because he wanted him to. Well, his That's logic the, was that they he had needed, an airplane. They had no one was chasing him. <laughs> they were flying. They had an airplane. They could have left that morning. Exactly. Yeah. They could have flown off under the radar. They had bags of money. They were all still alive. Why did they have to play this elaborate sort of ruse and, and kidnap Lori Petty's character and like all this other shit? Like, why did they have to do all of that? So we'd have an act three. So we could have act three and they could go skydiving and it would be awesome. And we have one more. I mean, I do love the idea of them forcing him to be part of the bank robbery is great. Yes. See, that was, that was actually kind of cool. And the one thing I actually did like about this movie too was the actual relationships between between the characters like the Gary Busey Keanu Reeves that sort of relationship although like some of the scenes were really scenes were really stilted and stiff and a little bit wooden woodenly acted like I bought that relationship between you know the new guy and the old crazy guy I bought the sort of connection between Lori Petty and and Keanu Reeves because she works her ass off in it because she's, she's so fucking believable so good yeah um and even that whole like Keanu Reeves kind of buying into the whole surfer sort of thing and that that because like there's that moment where you know the iconic moment where he falls he hurts his knee he's got his gun trained on patrick swayze and they've had it they, they have it on a hot fuzz even when they make eye contact and he shoots in the air yeah and he shoots in the air because he can't do it because he's bodie man and we have that connection type thing but it's like why not that shoot him in the leg <laughs> shoot him in the arm <laughs> we've seen that he, he gets, got 100 percent. he's 100 percent. yeah he didn't have to kill him. No. There's other places to shoot a person. <coughs> also, the inconsistency of his knee injury. Which knee was it again? It was always the it was the left knee. Oh, I didn't even notice which knee it was. It was just more the sense that he's limping. Now, all of a sudden, he can skydive on it and land yeah. in the water. And yeah, I guess yeah. landing in the water is not as bad as landing on land. But it's still going to hurt the whole time you're going down. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's something about adrenaline. I mean, he's never jumped out of an airplane before. Sure. He thinks his, his, his parachute's been rigged, so he's going to die. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. The second time, he doesn't even have a shoot. Well, no, the oh, time... That, oh, my God. That, thank you so much. That... What the hell? That's the time he jumps out is when he ha- yeah. doesn't have a shoot. No shoot. Just a hand cannon. And he goes, fuck it. And he jumps. And then he catches up to them. Like, I, That's possible, though. Yeah, yeah. With, if you did, but he wasn't doing that. 
he yeah. was still spread eagle, right? Like if he if he goes straight like a bullet and he goes straight down, there's a better chance of it. But if they've drifted off and he misses that, I mean, it's not as easy as it seems, right? Well, I can't imagine it is. I don't know how you even navigate up there. Oh, and then, I would be a wreck. Yeah, I would just you be or you be tumbling out of control. Like how do you how do you correct and, and maintain control like that? Because apparently a lot of first timers, you know, it, that's the thing. You're not used to it. If you flip one way. Then you just start to spin, and how do you recover from a, a spin or a tumble like that? No idea. Right? If you're Keanu Reeves, you can do it. Yeah. And you can hold on to Patrick Swayze and using the force of your arms, keep holding on to him when the parachute pulls him up. And uh, what was it, maybe 10 feet from the ground? And they both, that's when the chute opened? Yeah, they'd be dead. <laughs> Sorry. I'm spitting. I'm so. It's okay. So you're so mad. <laughs> I'm just flummoxed by that whole thing. Like, it's just. Because they try to, they're, they're trying to play it straight for so long, and some of the extreme stuff was extreme, but that then it just got really lazy and ridiculous. Yeah. It felt. So it makes me kind of, if the remake was on Netflix, I would check it out. Just to see if they fixed any of these holes. It, it, if, I want to see the remake now. Um, it was on TMN or uh, one of the other, we, we get one of these packages on the okay. Rogers VIP thing, and so like I'll flip through it. And it was on there, and I thought for whatever reason it was the old version, uh, uh, but it wasn't. And it's it's just like like again, uh, extreme. It's extreme sports. So there's a sequence where they're on dirt bikes riding through buildings oh, and stuff. And I didn't that, really understand. Never mind. Now I don't want to watch it. No, yeah. Did you watch it? You I, I saw little snips of it, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." Man, I'll just rewatch Hot Fuzz to watch yeah. those scenes, and then I got to rewatch Hot Fuzz. Yeah. But that's the thing. But Hot Fuzz, at least they know. I mean that's that's the whole style. They know it's all it's all tongue in cheek. Uh, like Edgar Wright, they can he can walk that fine line between uh, over the top action parody and earnest earnestness. Yeah, the heart, yeah. And it, that's that's a that's a really nice blend. Like I like that because he doesn't take itself too. He 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 treats that material with reverence, but the movie itself they know is is for a bit of a romp, right? And so they they go and they you know they have that. Whereas, and they don't take themselves too seriously. Whereas Point Break felt like... So serious. Yeah. Took themselves so seriously. We're going to make an action movie with, like, with a big heart. And people are going to connect with the, the whole zen of surfing. And they're going to get it, man. It's going to be awesome. You know, it was just... And well, Gary Busey, when he... Sorry, spoilers. He fucking gets shot in the back. And he dies. And he literally did, if, if we were to watch it, he did that whole cross-eyed thing. That you see kids do in movies when they pretend they're dying. They go, ah. <laughs> he did that. Maybe that was Boosie's first time dying on screen. <laughs> and that was take one. Right. Yeah. Maybe he was just taking the piss because he knew it was a ridiculous death. <laughs> he was just like, fuck you, this is the only way I'm doing it. <clears throat> oh my god. Well, but I was, you know, I mean. It's, Are you it's, glad you watched it? I, I am. I am, because now I can say, I saw that movie. I've seen it. And maybe if I was a, maybe when I was a kid, I would have loved it. There are parts of it that I, I kind of, like, I liked. Yeah. Right? Like, again, uh, but, yeah. I think it was one of those iconic movies of the time. I've never felt the need to go back and rewatch it. No. no and when you suggested it, I was like, am I, did I forget something about that movie? <laughs> that there's some secret greatness about that movie? No. No, there isn't. But it's it's interesting to see Bigelow's earlier work, though. Oh, sure. Which is great. And to see how she's evolved in terms of that. And Oh, the, she's a million times the filmmaker oh, yeah. that she was there. Like, where you really see her shine here is in the set pieces. 
you know. But now she's brought in that element of, of of being able to let the moments be serious and take that with her. Yeah. In in her newer work. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, but her newer work is more. I mean, uh, it's way. It's not. As, it's not fictional. Not as fictional. You know, it's not this over the top sort of action movie. They they are like Hurt Locker. Yeah. Is sort of a serious look at the lives of these guys that disarm bombs and, and you know it, it is a fictitious story, but you know it's one of these things where the the, the subject matter isn't like a zany over the top action eighties action film, right? So right. there's that gra- uh, gravitas to it. Same with Zero Dark Thirty, which is more of a you know almost documentaries re- docudrama, you know, yeah, docudrama yeah. recreation of actual events. So you know that that has a, a sense of, of gravity to it as well. Um, it's it's just more realistic now, right? Her depiction yeah. of action and violence is far more realistic. Um, so your kids come up to you and they say, "Dad, I want to watch the original Point Break." Right. With you, right? What do you say? I'll say, you know what? <laughs> I love you very, very much. I'll sit down with you. We'll put it on. <laughs> I'll be on my phone if you have any questions. I'm by right all here. means, <laughs> ask me. But I'll sit down with you. Uh, but you know, I, maybe maybe I'll just I I I, might, I think I, I actually would, because now I know going in to lower my expectations, and then you can just enjoy the parts that are. I that think are so. Good. Yeah, and just kind of go, huh? Okay, and then maybe maybe sort of sit back and go, maybe I was being too hard. Like I was I was expecting way too much, because I think I was. Oh wow! I think it, I was it, expecting it, something way more iconic than what we saw. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I went in remembering. Mm-hmm. At least what we saw, and, right. and, and going, you know, this, uh, and and going. Well, there's kind of something about this movie that that holds up, and there's not much. But, but, but it, it, is it because it was a Patrick Swayze movie? You know, like the the Patrick Swayze playing. I mean, Patrick Swayze playing a bad guy was probably a new thing, right? You know, because yeah. yeah, he'd been the hero and everything, but he wasn't really a bad guy. You no, know? he hates violence. Yes, he hates it, except for the end. But he's he just, okay with somebody else committing violence. That's exactly. fine by him. Just, so I'm just trying to figure out, like, what, how, I'm trying to remember how this, how this movie did to, to be, you know, oh, I'm sure it did okay. I don't know, I don't, I don't remember hearing it was a bomb. Yeah. But at the time, I think it's like, I know exactly how this movie gets made. You get, like, Swayze, you got, you're going to learn how to surf. He'd skydive, and he'd be a bank robber. It's like, fuck, sign me up. <laughs> and he didn't have to dance. Yeah, and I'm sure the trailer for this movie looked amazing. Yeah. All the stuff that's in it, of course, I'm sure it was a, it was a summer hit of right. some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it doesn't really end in a, in a way that you could do a sequel. Well, no. You yeah, know? It, it does. Because you, you see him disappear into the waves. Yeah, you don't. We That's true. His, You're right. You don't see them dragging the body out and like putting it on a gurney and whee, the lights going. See, know. the sequel to this movie would be super exciting. You can't make it now, uh, but would be super exciting if it's the idea that it's like they're both free agents of their own man of their own destinies right. and they kind of team up to do something. Right. I'd watch that. <laughs> I would watch that, especially if Lori Petty was in it and had a better role. Right. <laughs> You're still I'm processing sorry. what you just said. Yeah, I'm stunned. I'm still stunned by some of it. I'm just uh <laughs> like, what's the most? What what's the stands out for the most? 
What you know what? Um, what stands out the most is how bitterly disappointed I kind of feel about having watched <laughs> that whole thing. Like honestly, like I, I kind of went, "Wow, that was it. That was it, huh?" <laughs> I, I was kind of expecting. I mean, and that's not now fair. You have, you have a hole inside of you from the black hole. That's the thing. Yeah, I kind of feel like wow. That was like, you know, um, it's kind of like losing your virginity, right? You're kind of like, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, 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 sex, 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 sex. This is gonna be awesome. I've heard so much about it. It's fucking brilliant. And you go and you fucking stumble through it, and it's kind of done. And you're like, that was it. That was it. What the fuck. And I'm sure it's like, no, it'll get better, right? Yeah, it gets better. And, and that, that's kind of how I feel. I was like, and it, it's so funny because I, I, I picked this movie. Yeah. Right? My metaphor is more going to be about like eating that, that food that you're just dying for when you're, when you're trying to watch your calories. <laughs> and then after you eat it, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, why did I eat that? What a God. waste. Yeah. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, but I wanted something brainless. I wanted like a fun popcorn movie. And in this sense, it absolutely succeeds because yeah. it's fucking brainless and it's a great popcorn movie. Uh, but I again, I came in with really, really high. I don't know why, high expectations, and I think I, I was too because of that. I was too hard. I'm, I'm being really harsh on the movie. Yeah, you know, it's okay. It's allowed. So, and it's nice. It's it's fun because I can shit all over it, and not feel too guilty. Still, right? Like somebody's not gonna come like send me an angry email going, it's a fucking cinematic masterpiece. What the fuck is wrong with you? I I would love to have. <laughs> If you're listening to this and you believe that Point Break is a cinematic masterpiece, please engage Paul and I on Twitter. I would love to continue this conversation with somebody. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. But by all means, defend the movie. I'd love to, I'd love to hear that defense. That, I, I, I'd be at Bitter Asian Dude yeah. is, my, is my Twitter handle. Please, let's, let's hear from and, you. Yeah. And at Lalon Jeremy. But yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Any other final thoughts? Um... God no, but this is going to be the last Patrick Swayze movie that I will have seen, right? So you've I, seen his entire oeuvre, uh, almost all of them. But yeah, yeah. This <laughs> oh, is, that's sad. This is kind of a shitty one to end on. So I got to start searching for more. You know, when we were shooting uh, in studios uh, at Kim's, our, our uh, craft services, um, uh, Darlene, she had she brought in a TV, a flat screen TV, and just played Patrick Swayze movies the entire time. Which was hilarious, like his entire library of films. Did she play Point Break? That wasn't on when the days that I was coming in. Okay. So I missed that. But I would come in and I would I play a game where I try to guess a movie without watching it. I wouldn't look at I'd listen to the what yeah. was going on and I'd try to guess what movie it was. And it, it the funny thing is I didn't realize she was just playing Patrick Swayze movies until like the third or fourth movie in and I was guessing them. And I was like, Patrick Swayze is in all these movies. Yeah, it's a Patrick Swayze fest. Yeah, so. two two Wong Fu was in there. I guess so. But yeah, Roadhouse is one of them. Um, of course, Dirty Dancing. Roadhouse, I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, gotta watch Roadhouse. Yeah, Roadhouse is a black hole of mine. Yeah, you gotta watch Roadhouse. I actually like Roadhouse better than this because Roadhouse, you look at it, you go, what you see and what you expect is exactly what you get. Exactly. I always picture the poster. Is it him like leaning over a pool table? No, it's him leaning on the side of this bar. Yeah, this bar, and it's his yeah. house in the background, and he's got his the long flowing the the feathered hair. 
Yeah, I think. Because my video store growing up was one of those ones that had all the movie cases facing you. Oh, okay. Uh, and so I remember just like scanning, like I have a memory of all the VHS cases from my youth. I just walking along the aisles and going, oh, this one and that one. And so I, even those, these movies I haven't seen, I go, oh, I know what the case, I know what the cover looks right. like. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the one where he's, he's a, he's a bouncer. It's a movie about, but he goes in. Yeah. And I always got to confuse that, that and the cover of Cocktail are similar. Oh yeah. That's that. that Another black flag isn't Cocktail either. <laughs> so roadkill over, over I roadhouse, 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 roadhouse over cocktail. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's blasphemy, but yeah, I remember being very underwhelmed by cocktail. Um, and uh, but the only time I saw it that was in the theaters when I was a teenager. So this was eighty eight, fair, eighty seven, eighty eight, yeah. Um, and Tom Cruise is a kid in the movie, basically too. Yeah. Brian, not Brian, uh, Brian Brown. Dan Brown? No, Brian Brown. It's in it. And, of course, Elizabeth Shue. Oh, I love Elizabeth I think that's Shue. the only reason I went to see it. because Elizabeth Shue and the stupid Kokomo song by the Beach Boys. Yeah. So funny. Well, I'm sorry that uh, you have an emptiness no. inside of you now. No, don't be. I think, I, you know, despite <laughs> that, it was great. It's, I mean, that's, it's fun because when you see something like that, um, you either want to... You want to shit all over it. You want to really, really praise it. And it's not a middle-of-the-road movie. Oh, it's one no. of these, definitely, you love it or you hate it. I know where I stand <laughs> with this movie. And uh, it's fun either way to, to be able to do that. I'm just, again, it's just the disappointment of like, oh, I really thought it was going to be way better than it was. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about quickly before, as we're wrapping this up, outside of the fact that there is already a remake that mm-hmm. I don't really want to watch based on the derby. <laughs> but it's like, you were making this movie today, keeping these elements. Okay. And with the eye towards improving the story elements. Right. Who would you cast in this movie today? Knowing that you're going to let it give itself a bit of a wink. Right. Right, 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 right. I uh, cast Chris Hemsworth in the Patrick Swayze role. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah, I can see that. Sort of the guru kind of guy. He, and that, that's, <laughs> in, in terms of the definite sort of cheeky sort of wink to, to the source material, I, could, I definitely see him pulling that off. Um, uh, who would I cast as the young guy? As, as Keanu Reeves, as Canoe. Uh, sorry, Johnny Utah. Again, what the fuck oh, yeah. is up with that name? Fucking see, Johnny Utah? That should have been your clue from the what? very beginning. As the movie starts, they call him Utah, and I thought, and I think both you and I thought that was a nickname because that's where he's from. Right. But no, you realize in the in the opening two or three minutes of the movie, his name is Special Agent Johnny Utah. That should be our first fucking clue. <laughs> so yeah, that's the kind of movie you're watching. But in all fairness, that is the movie going. This is the kind of movie you're watching. <laughs> his enough. name is Johnny Utah, and the other guy's name is Bodie. Yeah. You know, that's the character's name. That's like... The B-O-D-H-I. Yeah. That's the same, same spelling as the character in Rogue One, the Riz Ahmed character in oh. Rogue One, the, the, the shuttle pilot. His name is Bodhi, and it's spelled exactly the same way. Yeah, I don't know who you cast in the piano part. Who's the I young piano Reeves? Right now, the guy who's like... See, my, my head is still like... What, what, was, what movies have I seen recently? Spider-Man Homecoming. So there's a young Tom Holland. Oh, put Tom Holland right. and Chris Hemsworth Tom in this. <laughs> I would watch this shit out of a Tom Holland. Chris Hemsworth. Point break. Done. 
Put Elizabeth Olsen in as, <laughs> as the Lord Petty role, and you get yourself. Well, someone made this comment the other day that you can't make a movie. Every movie in Hollywood automatically has three superheroes in it, whether it's a superhero movie or not. Right, right. Just because the it's so oversaturated between you know Marvel and DC right now yeah, that yeah. they've kind of taken every great actor and put them in a superhero movie. Yeah. In some role, even if it's small. It's like, yeah. you know, Tommy Lee Jones is in the first Captain America. Stanley Tucci's in the first Captain America. Right. They're not necessarily superheroes. But it's like, if you cast, you know, a, a, a decent budget movie in Hollywood, someone's been in a superhero movie. Yeah. In the last decade or so. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for having me. Can't wait till the next one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do something that we know is not a risk next time. I don't mind that, though. Yeah, I, I kind of love the fact that you don't know what you're going to get. And then you can riff on whether it exceeded your expectation or miserably failed them, as in this case. But, uh, yeah. no, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad. Thanks, buddy. Okay, see ya. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Thanks for joining us for Point Break. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter, at Lalon Jeremy, and on Facebook, check out Black Hole Films. Also, please leave a review there or on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to this thing. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.